could hear now I heard that as well. Happy Sunday, boys and girls. Gate 7 International is back post-derby. Ike versus Olympiacos in the Hagia Sophia. A lovely draw. And we're going to get into all of the post-match nitty-gritty action. Costa and Costa, how are you boys doing today? Well, I'm good. It's uh, been a while, Costa and Costa, isn't it? It has been a while. Uh, welcome and hello from beautiful Cornwall, where I'm at right now from my hotel room. I do apologize in advance for any weird Cornish internet uh, during the show. <laughs> well, boys and girls, there you have it. Costa is—he's uh, been transplanted, as it were. He's uh, hanging out somewhere out there in the good old UK. So, boys, if you haven't done it already, uh, quite a few of you have already checked in. Uh, but I only see a handful of likes on the video. So really quickly, hit that like button. Subscribe if you don't already. Continue to follow the channel. There's a lot of good stuff coming. We have uh, Europa League coming up this weekend. I know we're looking to try and get a pre-match going, see if we can get a German journalist or somebody on board. Uh, we're going to try and do that with all of the games. And don't forget as well, guys, you can support us on Patreon. We already had uh, the first of, of one of, of our Patreon interviews. We had a lovely interview with the former president of Huracan in Argentina, the same club we purchased Santiago Ese from. And he was a great guy. It was a great, very informative interview. And we also have another enhanced analysis coming out. So I will be doing the enhanced analysis for all of our expanded tier patrons for this game so uh, i'll be working on that immediately and hopefully i can get that recorded for you guys within a few days and if you want to check out those enhanced analysis uh we do analyses i should say it's uh you know 15 minute by 15 minute breakdown per interval very specific uh statistics uh, all of that all together so you can check that out you can support us on all of those platforms now uh, oh, and of course, one more thing, guys. Don't forget, use our promo code GATE7INTL if you're at betus.com.pa. It gives you a 125% deposit boost. Bet cards are going to be returning as Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League group stage joins us. So, boys, without further ado, post-match. Give me some thoughts. What did you guys think? It was a... Very interesting game. Very slow start for us, but things got a little bit better. Better in the second half. Then some questionable subs. So uh, Costa C, give us yours first. Okay, so I thought that, yeah, at the end of the day, I'll take a draw. Is my conclusion. 
at the same time i see quite a few people that are disappointed with uh the performance in the first 20 minutes um i think either side could have could have won it really but for me the the game kind of ended after the first half i thought the first half in particular it was a game that was uh quite fast tempo for for greek football something we're not really used to uh, agreed uh, this is a uh, an Olympiakos side that's coming back from an international break. We made a lot of signings uh, since the last game that we played. It was our first real test tonight in the league. And, um, you know, I actually the game went pretty much how I expected it to. And I thought it was also risky going into the game with this formation, the 4-2-3-1. We saw last season that in the playoffs, when we started to get results towards the end, we played with a defensive midfielder, or three in midfield. Now, I think I think Diego Martinez is going to stick to his principles, uh, remembering that this is a team that's still very much under construction. He repeated that in his post-match conference uh, again today, that Ajax is a set team and we're a team that's still under construction, still putting the pieces together, um, still integrating players. We saw... You know, Padense started today's game. So Bakken didn't play. Jovetic got 15, 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, all things considered, I think the draw is okay. It's still very early on in the season. And certainly I think both coaches at the end uh, in the second half, they had a mind towards the European game that was coming and thought that you know, this, this is the type of game that if you can't win it, then don't lose it. Yeah. No, you're. I, I agree with you. Uh, on the majority of those points. Uh, I do think at least the opening moments of the second half, especially before the Bora sub, um, I thought there were some great moments where we were pressing, especially the first 15 minutes of the second half. Uh, great moments of the press, uh, some decent ball movement. Once we started making those changes, the first two changes, uh, Podense and Masuras out, uh, maybe not necessarily the Masuras change, but the Podense change, uh, I think, had an impact. And then when we took Costa off and brought Ibora, uh, that was for, in my eyes, at least I saw a, a more negative change that signaled to me that we were definitely trying to shore up some things, at least in the midfield, uh, Costa with a K, uh, how did you see, how did you see the game today? Costa, you're muted, buddy. Never gets old. Sorry about, sorry about all the, uh, volume issues guys. I just couldn't bring my microphone, uh, with me to this trip. I'm carrying two. Quite, quite hefty luggages. I'm I'm, I'm here for a wedding and uh, it, it spent a lot of money carrying a lot of things. So I apologize in advance. Um, the first 20 minutes remind me a lot of last season's battles with Ajax. You know, Ajax um, controlling midfield, having too many bodies in midfield, overwhelming Olympiacos in midfield, getting a quick goal. But I was glad to see how Olympiacos quickly reacted with that goal by uh, Ayub El Kabi who scored his fourth goal for Olympiacos in eight matches. So that's one goal in every two games. Um, first, uh, very, very glad to see Daniel Podense getting his first assist since returning to Olympiacos on his debut. Uh, as I am gutted, uh, but not pissed or disappointed because Ike needed those three points more than Olympiacos did. Ike haven't won a single home match this season across all competitions uh, they've lost one and they drew they've drawn another three 
if I'm not mistaken. So Hagia Sophia is barely a fortress anymore this season. If anything, I have a lot more to answer for after failing to win another home match, especially when their their purpose is to defend their title and retain the title this season. Olympiacos are still undefeated since April. They haven't lost a single game uh, this season. Obviously, Olympiacos is becoming a little uh, of a cliche with Olympiacos this season, but it is true that they're not ready yet. We just saw Podense having his debut. Jovetic had his debut for only 15 minutes. Francisco Ortega barely saw any action. Solbaken hasn't um, hasn't played yet. Uh, we also have Julian Bianconet, who wasn't even uh, on the team. Uh, Olympiacos are not ready yet. Uh, all in all, I am satisfied with the point. I mean, Costa said it very well. If you can't win this match, uh, then uh, then don't lose it. And uh, I have to say, I, I I disagree. I don't think Lazaros would uh, would fare much better than all the subs Olympiacos made. But I'm sure he would uh, he would pour he would leave his heart out on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for laughs on this one, but I obviously failed. <laughs> um, I so I, there's a lot of different comments about a lot of different a lot of different things. Um, why don't we why don't we touch on this first and foremost? Early on, the first. Uh, well, actually, let's let's start with this uh, because somebody said, and I can't find. I saw the comment, and now I lost it. Um, a question about, you know, maybe we underestimated Ike. And I point, we pointed out a lot on social media, actually, that although Ike are struggling on the, in the final third, the end product aspect of things, that they're not, they're not a joke of a team. Costa mm -hmm. with a K, you brought up that, look, the, the, the European uh, exhaustion, the European we'll say uh, uh, lack of experience of managing Europe is going to affect them. And, and I think in a way that is very true, uh, not just with injuries, but the managing of that. Uh, you mentioned that that was going to come back to haunt them. And, but all, all that taken into consideration, they are still a dangerous team that can get the ball forward in the final third, quite efficiently, I might add. They can stack the midfield, overpower a midfield, and they can create opportunities. The problem has been they can't really finish a lot of those opportunities. And in the first 20, 30 minutes today, we saw a lot of the same thing. We we pointed out on social media, we talked a lot about how Ike plays in possession. They they keep two pivots in transition in front of the defense, whereas we usually stick with one. That is an aspect that used to overwhelm us a lot last year. They would have a diamond in the midfield, just completely overload us. And for the first 20, 25 minutes, it felt like that was the case again until things started to kind of go back our way. How did you guys see that? Uh, did you see more of the same that we kind of saw last season when they played against us, at least in that first 20, 30 minutes? Uh, them kind of overloading, getting the ball through us, cutting through us pretty quickly, or was it a little bit different? We saw, especially on Keeney's side, a lot of overloads on that side. Keeney kind of getting overwhelmed, not just by the winger over there, Rota went by him once or twice. So uh, we'll start with Costa uh, K this time. How did you see that first opening 20, 30 minutes when it was very difficult to maintain the ball and it really felt like they were putting all of the pressure on us? 
Like I said, the first 20 minutes remind me of last season's battles with Ike, where Ike would overwhelm Olympiacos in midfield with all those bodies in there. And you'd see Juan Guimbom and Danem Villa uh, struggling to uh, understand where to even start with that diamond formation. Uh, Kini uh, had a had a very difficult start. Uh, I have to mention that. I don't know if you guys remember, but Lazaro Zorota picked up a yellow card during the yeah. match. Uh, and I don't see why he wasn't booked for that incident with the penalty because he was obviously diving. Uh, there was no he died because there was no contact and then he acted like he was injured and yeah. banging banging the grass trying to get the referee to give that penalty and don't and, and not checking it with VAR he was obviously uh he was obviously simulating Costas Fortunis got booked for uh for demon for, for protesting but Dorota wasn't booked for simulate for simulation and if he was booked that would have left that would have led probably almost definitely led to a red card down the line uh but yeah Kini didn't have a good start uh, uh it really helped though when Diego Martinez brought Podense on Kini's wing if I'm not mistaken Podense went on Kini's wing and that helped create some consistency uh down that wing uh I don't see why Francisco Ortega didn't start this one especially after all after all the struggle Olympiacos went through all the all the hassle all the money all the all the debating all the all the negotiations uh, all the back and forth. I don't see why Ortega didn't start this match. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I was happy with how Olympiacos reacted to this. Uh, the stops, again, quite questionable. Uh, but some of Olympiacos' most crucial and key players for the season are still not ready, like Solbach and Jovetic and Podense. Costa C, uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, maybe the reasons for that opening 20, 30 minutes of, of pressure and, and difficulty getting things moving? first of all i think going into the game it was a big question mark or one of the big question marks was who was going to start at left back so kini ortega in the end i think i wasn't surprised at all to see kini start the game i think he's he deserves the trust he has from from the coach he's earned it uh from the fan base too i think most most might agree but um yeah, I don't I don't think that Ortega was ready for this game based on what I saw in the last league game. I thought going forward definitely um saw things from him in the last game. But but defensively against against a team like Ajax, I think it would have been it would have been difficult. Not that it wasn't for Kinney, because I think Kinney had a had a difficult time against essentially Elias and Enerota. And and I think clearly Ajax uh, had that in their game plan to overload the right wing and uh, and play play that side. I mean, that, that was the whole strategy. The first 20 minutes of the game, they dominated. The ball was going down the right-hand side constantly to yeah. Eliasson and uh, Rotter making the overlaps. So he had a hard time at left-back. Um, but again, I, I just think as well that the fact that this is a, a new team, that Madi, Kamara and then Hesse partnership it's it's a new partnership they've played all of three four games together and and both of them Hesse in particular in all the games that he's played it takes him a little while I've I think we've noticed that in all the games that we've seen Hesse needs a little bit of time to get into the game and it was the same today Hesse and Kamara didn't touch the ball 
the first 20 minutes. I, I swear. No, I think you're right. They didn't touch the ball. Maybe a, maybe a, an aerial duel, but ball on the ground. I mean, okay, we didn't have, we didn't do much with the ball in the first 20 minutes. And, no. you know, it was, it was tough. So, so I, as I said at the beginning, I'm not really surprised. I think if anyone's watched Ajax the last uh, beginning of the season, one thing I will say is that normally they've put the pressure on at the end of games because they've been trying to claw back or like grab a winner. Today they did the opposite. They came out the blocks really strong. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they somehow maybe run out of gas a little bit as well. They got the goal and then they took the took the foot off the pedal. That's not taken away from us either, though. I think that if you play this formation, if you play the way that the coach wants us to play, you have to play with two things. You have to play with intensity and you have to play with aggression. And we did that. After we ate the goal, it's like the players woke up and I think we dominated the like that 25 yeah. minutes after the goal that we ate. And we could have gone into the half 2-1 up. And that's why... That's why there's a bit of that frustration. You thought, you know, we showed after the goal that you know, we equalized, we, we we started to feel confident in possession. And then, you know, people are complaining that the, the subs weren't great. Um, why why did we take Fortunis off? I get it. Um, but it's so early on in the season. Like I'm 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 not I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, of course. I wanted to win. I think winning today would have been a right. massive statement for the for the, for the club, like in, in terms of what we want to do, and make you know make a statement that you know we're we're going to win the league this season. That's what everyone wants. Yeah, uh, we're still hurt from last season, and there is quality on the bench. There is quality on the bench, but they have to find each other. Yeah. They, they need. They still need time to gel. That's why I, sa I said we're not ready. It's easy for us to go and beat the teams that we beat at the beginning of the season and score three, four goals, but give it a bit more, a bit more time. Now you kind of brought it up, and and the chat's going nuts about some individual performances. Before we touch on some of the individuals, um, I, I think this is a conversation worth having, especially since chat's already having it as well. Uh, the the subs. Now a lot of people are saying these are poor subs. A lot of people questioning the subs. In your opinion, were were the subs bad subs, or was it the fact that maybe Diego Martinez was ready just to take a point from this? Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he himself, as a coach, when he when he saw what he saw, we're going into the 70th minute. He's bringing that he bought a sub on. He's thinking, let's lock this down. Let me get some of these key guys out so I can rest them for Europe. Let's lock this match down. We'll, Costa, we'll, so. Costa C, we'll, we'll start with you this time. Uh, so I'm going like reverse order basically every time. But were they, do you think they were bad subs or do you think his plan was to lock everything down? And if that's the case, do you disagree with that plan? No, I said it. I said it, I think, at the beginning. I think both managers, they were looking to lock this game down and say, if we're not going to win this, then let's, uh, let's take the draw. But I mean, let's let's look at it. Take it one by one. So he did a double sub. The first one was a double sub, wasn't it? He took uh, right. he took Masuras off. He put Biel on. Correct. He took which one was the other one? Uh, and then the other one was um, oh my goodness, 
Does anyone uh, have sofa score open? Like... Yeah, it, it, Lord have mercy. Um, Scarpa, Scarpa, Scarpa came on. Yeah, well, Scarpa, Scarpa came on for Masuras, and then Biel came on um, for Podense. This is the thing, right? Like long term, this season he needs to manage a front line behind the striker where there's so much quality. Theoret, like let's let's be let's be honest. Like all those players. Uh, Podense, Sobakin, Masuras, Biel, Fortunis. So, uh, I've missed someone. Yeah, th- th- there's so much talent in those yeah. positions where they all change positions that he's gonna he's gonna have this issue. But he has to play them. So you know, when you look at it in theory, he's taking off Masuras, bringing on Biel, and, and bringing on Scarpa as well. It was like, well, hang on. So Scarpa and Biel are bad players. Well, actually, Scarpa's performance today, I, I, I'm yet to see. I'm yet to see the player that won, uh, you know, best player in Brazil back to back. Well, like, that yeah. took Palmeiras to the Libertadores. I'm yet to see that. Nope. You see some small flashes here and there, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, and then when he bought Ibora on he was moved out of that central position and he was going out to the left. And then he, it was like, he wasn't on the pitch. It was like, he wasn't on the pitch and same for, same for Biel. Like, I appreciated the effort, the closing down. Um, but, but yeah, I, essentially when Ibora came on, it was like, okay, lock this down. And if we get something on the counter, cool. If not, no biggie. Like we're leaving probably one of the hardest places to go to in the Greek league and we're playing Freiburg on Thursday and we want to win that game. So you rest Fortunis. Yeah. Right. You rest Pudense. You rest Masuras. Those are your, those are your key players really. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Costa K you're seeing the comments. They're all over the place. <laughs> so Costa K what, what, what was your take? Were these bad subs? Or was it just that we disagreed with the game plan of kind of locking things down? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think, especially with Adibora sub, it did look like uh, Martinez was trying to lock it. And Costa said it brilliantly that the, 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 the game you can't win, just make sure you don't lose it. And Olympiacos are dealing with a hell, with the, quite the hell week with Freiburg on uh, Thursday, uh, the team that destroyed Olympiacos at Kareskaki last season. So Olympiacos have a bone to pick with this team, and you want to start really strongly in this very difficult uh, Europa League group. Uh, not too sure if he was trying to rest players, though, for Freiburg. I, like I said, I think he was just trying to lock uh, to lock that important point. Uh, it is This game was also, uh, also stood out for me because this is the first league match in which uh, Martinez starts Rezzo, Panagiotis Rezzos with uh, Freire at centre-back rather than Rezzos with Doi, who enjoyed three clean sheets every time they played together in the league and looked like he was doing a bit of a, those two in the league, Freire and Rezos in Europe. So I don't know if he's thinking, you know, the, I want Freire and Rezos for the big games and Doi with Rezos for the less big games. But it's, it's interesting to point that out. I mean, the first time he changes the centre-back pairing in the, in the league and uh, this is the first time Olympiacos conceded in the league. Well, so with, with that being said, Maybe we kind of talk about one of the first individual performances. You kind of lead into it there. 
And there's a lot of talk with the chat, especially once we got the live going, uh, about about our center back, Freire. Now, I've said it a few times personally. I know, and I know it's early on, but I haven't exactly been sold on the guy. I know in our, our group chat, uh, there's always a little bit of concern when he plays. Now, today, I was more concerned with a lot of the mishaps, but... In on on Freire in particular, are we are we worried about him? Uh, do we think do we think that he's you know I I I've compared him to a like like a mix of of Ba and and Miranda um, and Roderick Miranda in the past uh, or or sorry not not Miranda sorry Meria uh, a mix of of Meria and Ba because. You know, he has he has some ability to play the ball like Medya did, but then he makes some of these really goofy mistakes. And he's also not he's not horrible in the air. He's not amazing either. Um, just like he, you know, he can get caught a little bit far forward as a center back. I don't I don't like that. I said that in the scouting report. There were some uh inclinations that worried me about him. And I, I the more I watch him play, the more I'm worried the more I'm not necessarily convinced that this guy is a starting center back next, next to Rezos. And I'm still worried about that. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people in chat that have also been absolutely going in on him since we started. Um, quite a few comments about Fred, and I can pull them up in a moment. But Costa K, um, you get started. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts uh, when it comes to Freire. Yeah, I'm not sold either, and it's obvious that uh, Diego Martinez, uh, Vangelis Marinakis, and Antonio Cordon are not too sold because they brought Julian Biacone, uh at the end, and I'm not too sure he came in for the cover at fullback, where you have Rodine and Kini uh, on the right, as well as Omar Richards and Francisco Ortega on the other side. I think it's more of a centre-back kind of situation, because we're also seeing... Uh, Oh, wow. I'm absolutely blocked. Poroso. We're not seeing right, Poroso, Poroso getting too many minutes, getting too many opportunities. Uh, I don't think Andreas Doi has really won over Diego Martinez either. Pepanapanos uh, is by far the best center back. But like we said uh, a couple of weeks ago, when it was just you and me, Ari, if I remember correctly, if Rezos, who is injury prone, gets injured again, there's going to be issues at center back. So yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not sold, and uh, I think that the fact Bianco Ne came on shows that uh, the higher ups aren't sh- aren't uh, sold either. Bianco Ne, he came on today. Sorry, I think I think he meant onto the transfer list. Oh, you meant on the transfer list. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant as a sub no, no, today. No, 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 transfers. Uh, a last, <laughs> a completely last minute uh, transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, now, Costa uh, C. Um, Freire, however you yeah. pronounce his name, Jesus. Frere. Mon Frere. Mon Frere. Mon Frere. Uh, look, being at the game against Genk, the, the home game, I remember he he surprised me in a positive manner in terms of how decent he was that night a few like last ditch challenges and so on and so forth but there's just again one of those things there's something about him that just doesn't give me confidence yeah i i would have liked i would have liked to get 
now I say this, a Semedo type centre back without the Semedo problems to play next to this. <laughs> Yeah. If only. <laughs> Let me just clarify that one. So, like a Semedo like level defender, but without the Semedo problems, would have been fantastic. Uh, I, 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 yeah, that 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 is really a position on the field that worries me. I don't know if Biancon is the guy that's gonna fill it because I don't feel like we've brought him in to play on the left side of the of the centre backs. I feel like that's a transfer with a long-term perspective in a sense that Rodine is going to be 33 next season and Biancon can play right back. He's 23. Yes. And he can play centre-back in a back three. And any left-back. And left-back. He can play left-back too. Okay. Uh, maybe... I mean, you did the scout report, so so you know you know better than me. But I can't see Retos moving. No, I can't see Retos moving to left centre back to to give uh, Biancon the the room. He's a player that hasn't played for a year. the The real question, the real question, and this might be unpopular, is 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 Freire better than Cisse? That's the real question for me. Like, is he better than Cisse? No, but Cisse, no. for me, it's no. no Sorry. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cisse is also better in the air. and, and Way better. Way better in the air. And like, okay, maybe maybe you can say that Freire is a little bit better with the ball playing, but Retzos is getting more of the touches of the back two of, of the pair anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It just like, like like this is this is a comment. So you know, Labro keeps saying he reminds him of uh, Argentinian Roderick Miranda, and then his outlaw Jorge says Freire is like Botia da Costa quality wise, not trash, but very very average. So like, mate, have you seen how long it takes him to turn his body? I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, it's that classic thing in Greek where you say. <laughs> but but honestly, like it takes him so long. Yeah. Stefano, thank you so much for your contribution, pal. We really appreciate it. Amazing comment. Too bad Labros is not around for this. He's still mm -hmm. reeling from that loss. Um, Stefano, thank you so much for for the donation, buddy. Um, uh, a patron and giving us a donation on the live. So thank you doubly. Um, all of it is going towards great things. We've got some merch coming up that we're excited for. So thank you again. Um, uh, I cut out for a second, so I don't know if you guys read the comment already. Uh, Ramon, Yirna Piso, Yeso Telefona. Oh, my goodness. Um, Did I cut out um, as well? I think I think we, I don't know. It might have been something with StreamYard, but I definitely cut out for a second. Oh, too. for God's sake. No, I was just uh, going on that. Going on that uh, Miranda Papadopoulou joke. Aris Galamati just brought that up as well. Oh my God! Do you remember that? Jeez! Oh I completely forgot about Miranda. I just remember that he yeah. had he had two decent performances against Burnley in the Europa in the Europa League qualifiers. Uh, but after that, I I needed to Google him. I needed to Google him back. Is he playing out in Asia now? Like somewhere? Probably. I don't have a clue, pal. Like I said, I forgot he existed. Uh, Elios is asking: Is Biancon officially here? Um, officially, no. Yeah, let's say deep dive is up. 
Uh, patrons have early access to the deep dives. It's been up for a few days now. So the scouting report's there. Eventually, when he's announced, that will be released for everybody else. Uh, everybody, as soon as that goes live. So when he does get announced, eventually, you guys will see that scouting report. So anyway, uh, on to some other individual performances. Uh, now that we've kind of seen that everybody, nobody really is confident in Freire. We touched on this, actually both Gostas touched on this a little bit, the the Kini mishaps. And in the deep dive, while I was trying to get everybody to calm down about this guy being old and not being able to play, I also saw him as primarily an alternate. I didn't see this guy starting game in and game out, but he's had some pretty good performances, and then he gets to start on the left today. An understandable start for me, especially given that Ortega hasn't been here that long. Ortega is much more of an offensive wing back, but can get exposed very easily. So it was a more conservative approach. But seeing what you saw today, was this just a bad game for Keeney? Or is maybe this what we can expect in derbies? Can he get exposed against more quality wingers, whether we're in Europe, whether we're in uh, against maybe the top five teams in Greece? Is Keeney maybe not really an option we should be trusting on the left side? Do we have a choice? Do we have enough depth to be able to make that decision? Uh, Gostasi, we'll start with you on this one. I think Keeney will give you what at least I've come to expect from the few games that we've seen him. He'll give you effort um, like 200%. And then everything kind of either average or a little bit above average. And maybe that's a knock to him um, because there are some parts of his game that are above average, like his his technical ability, like that helps him to play left and right back. He's versatile. His, his mentality is great on the pitch. But we saw against um, Pansil, for example, when we played Genk, that he, he he'll suffer against the pacey winger he will suffer but he will never he won't give up like he will suffer but he won't give up and you know he'll make some good tackles and he's not i mean what are we expecting here right um i think rabchuk on his day was like a better i mean he he had a better body he was like younger physical um etc but i don't want to be too harsh on the guy um the, the real question is how quickly is Ortega going to be able to to adapt into European football, not just not just adapt to Olympiacos and adapt to Martinez's way of playing and getting to know his teammates better. He has to adapt to the European game. It's his first time coming to Europe. Feta, no. Kini is like me in school, suffering but not giving up. <laughs> One one more thing, jokes aside. Omar Richards is in this squad as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't sleep on him. Now, if, if, big if, if Omar Richards can get fit and start getting playing time, my money's on him as the go-to left back in this squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. Quality. There's a lot of quality in there. Costa K, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on Keeney in that situation uh, and how well, he played today? 
my namesake uh, covered a lot of important bases in this. Like I said, I mean, yes, uh, Francisco Ortega is relatively a new signing still, but after all the back and forth with his former team, it's kind of um, it's kind of strange to see him not starting in this important game where Tini is an alternate. We said that from the beginning. When I spoke to Panos Kostopoulos from Marca, he told me that this is an alternate. This is not the kind of guy you bring in to start and depend on him. And uh, this kind of needs to stop now. I, I, I get that Kini is a, is a trooper. He doesn't give up no matter how much he struggles, but he's not a starter. It's as simple as right. that. This, 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 uh, this, uh, this amour needs to come to an end. Uh, like I said, yeah, and I completely agree with Costa, Omar Richards, if he gets, if he gets going, he could be a revelation. At Olympiacos. Somebody said that if El Kabi gets injured, we're screwed. I, and I'm, I'm sincerely not giving up on Stefan Jovetic. I really am not giving up. And guys, like seriously, okay, I get the jokes. It's funny, you know. I do hope it's just jokes. Because Olympiacos have insane depth. I mean, yeah. calling De La Bella back because you don't like, uh, because you don't like Omar Richards or Francisco Ortega is at least ridiculous to say that. I hope it's just a joke. But Olympiacos have an insane depth right now. And if Stefan Jovetic gets going, which is in no way unlikely, I, I guess you saw what he did during the uh, uh, the qualifiers where he provided an assist in his first match, hit the bar in the second, and scored the winner in the second match with Montenegro. If he gets going, uh, he, can, he can do crazy things, especially in Greece. That, yeah. You know we say first touch doesn't lie. Did you guys notice the, there was one touch Jovetic had in the second half? It was, I think, it was a, like a big boot over the top from Pascalagis, and it just—he was playing with his back to Mukudi, who's a big defender, and the ball just drops and it just landed on his foot, and it, the ball was dead. Like, yeah, like in front of him it was like, oh, <laughs> so the, the quality. So I, I don't know if anybody else noticed that, like that, no. that, 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 that touch. That touch he had. Anyway, that was that was the... no. Go ahead. It's not surprising though for a player that's played in all the top five leagues in Europe. Right. And okay, there there there's some serious quality in this guy. And we we've talked about Jovetic before. At least I yeah. I said my bit as well. So he's not going to play. He's, I don't think he'll be the start go to starter all the time. They'll change a lot. Um, but but certainly as as Costa says, Costa with a K, serious. Serious quality on the bench and depth. No, the, you're you're absolutely right there, especially when the guys get healthy. And then, like the Keeney situation, it kind of reminds me a little bit of of like Holebas when Holebas was here uh, in that third season of Pedro Martins. He's brought in the guys here. He's playing his butt off, but he's he's not necessarily supposed to be the starter. He's fighting hard, and he's and he and he was starting, but. The, the guys was brought in as to get us through the summer and to be as an alternate. Ortega wasn't ready, so he he made it today. But that doesn't take away, you know, what he offers us. We know what the guy's going to give us. And I'm, and he gives everything when he's on the field. I don't think we can ask much more of that. But um, that being said, I don't expect him moving forward, especially if Ortega transitions in uh, like I believe he will. I think Ortega will be the the day in day out starter, and then hopefully, I'm really hoping that 
Omar Richards gets healthy because uh, like you both said that that guy is just a different sauce especially if he can get to that like physical shape he was in before transferring to Forest when he was at Bayern the guy can do some pretty absurd things uh, I brought that up in the scouting report we never would get a player like that without this type of context let me put it that way so anyway we will um we'll see We'll see what happens with that, but we have we do have some crazy depth uh, in those positions again if we can get some of these guys healthy. Now um, there was a comment that I wanted to chat about, but now I can't find it. While I am finding it, there's one more individual performance that I wanted to chat about. And Costa with a C, you already talked about it. Said that he wasn't good enough um, for you, and he hasn't been good enough for you are you worried that that that's never that we're not getting that scarpa i mean sure okay it's still early days right you know we are what this was round four of the super league haven't even started our group stage game yet but there's people already writing scarpa off i mean look at the comments so far since we started people some people are writing them off already costa k are you writing scarpa off or are, are you worried about this? Like, is this taking a little too long for him to transition? Or do you think we're, we're going to see something? It's too early to tell. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has been a slow start for Gustavo Scarpa. He's definitely not the kind of guy that was sold to both Olympiacos and Nottingham Forest with that dramatic back and forth. Is he going to Olympiacos? Is he going to Nottingham Forest? He's going to turn Olympiacos into this wild, wild team. Uh, I'm definitely not writing him off, though. I mean... What he did in Brazil speaks for itself. His career at Palmeiras with, uh, uh, in Brazil speaks for itself. I'm just not too sure about the position that they want to play Scarpa, especially if you want to play a 4-2-3-1. A 4-3-3 makes more sense because he's much more versatile midfield. But in a 4-2-3-1, I'm not too sure where you want to play him, especially when you've got players like Costas Fortunis, Daniel Podense, Pepiel, uh, Ola Solbaken, Yorgos Masuras. I'm not too sure how he fits into those plans. I don't know. What do you think, uh, namesake? I'm worried. I don't really see this player clicking so far. Um, he needs he needs game time. But this is a squad where consistent game time is going to be a little bit hard to find, I, f I, f I feel. Um, it is early days, but looking at the position the positions on the field and and knowing that Sol Bakken, who is also a loan player, he's also on loan with an option and he plays closer to the line. I feel like Sol Bakken is ahead in the pecking order. Eventually he's got size as well. Something that the, the, the Spaniards, our coach appreciates. So I, I don't, I find it hard to to believe that Scarpa's going to get that consistent time that he needs to find his form. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not there's no doubting the guy's got quality. I just I can't see him discovering that at Olympiacos. And I hope that I'm wrong and I hope that people come back to this video and and say, you know, Costa you're full of shit. <laughs> but, but 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 to me for um here we go. To me, Scarpa feels more like a it was like a, a safety net for if Fortunis went off to Saudi. It was like 
let's bring in a number 10 just in case something happens. And then we have, you know, we, you know, we bought in Scarpa, but it feels like a luxury that we don't, you know, we don't know what to do with it or how to get the best out of him so far. This is a, this is a great comment from Yerasimus official. The Fortunis effect. No one can touch him, including James. Anytime someone has been brought in to replace him, quote unquote, Costa ups his game. He was a class above everyone on the pitch today. And then further on that, Johnny Zabukas, our good friend. One thing that was clear to see was the chemistry between Podence and Fortunis will be a great combo this year. And there was some great combinations between those two and Rodine. Well, what happened in the first goal? It all goes down to Fortunis, first of all, because of uh, those two successful dribbles that he uh, yep. put together before finding Rodine, who then found Podence, who then delivered that cross to El Cabi. Uh, I got to say, Joros Masuras really worried me there because he almost cost Olympiacos that goal. If it wasn't for a few inches that showed that Vida was covering both of them. Because if, 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 if Masuras was offside, I think that goal would have been disallowed. Yes, yeah, so we were we were a bit lucky there, and yeah, definitely in a way. But I think there, you know, there's there's always been discussions among fans on our social media and all over the place about Costa doing well against. We, I mean, this even happens in in some of our group chats as well. Costa being a player that can you know break the deadlock against some of these teams that um, par park the bus, but against the the more competitive teams, the top five teams in Greece, he doesn't do enough or he doesn't do enough in Europe. Uh, now, Ike is one team he always seems to to do something against, and today was no different. He had, uh, besides besides what led to the goal, he had at least, and I'll confirm this with Scout tomorrow, what I would consider to be at least three key passes today. Um, so he had a lot, some great volume into the box. At least I counted at least seven or eight crosses uh, that went into the box as well. So much service that was going in there. Um, uh, Gerasimus, buddy, you you are going to start something that's going to just take us into the for another hour. Uh, I vented for last week. I vented yeah. last week or two weeks ago. I, I, I go back and watch our amazing episodes with Gate International. Some exclusive content in there as well. I think you and me, Ari, we discussed that two weeks ago. We did. Just go back and watch those episodes, guys. Yep. If anyone wants to know what we think about this unbelievably this, uh, ridiculous situation, uh, can I can I can I like take another view on this? Go and ahead. I'm gonna say thank you to Epo and uh, and <laughs> Gustavo Puyo. Thank you. Now that he's not playing in the national team, he can focus on club and that's it. Doesn't have to go on trips and get tired. So, you know, I'm going to say a big thank you to Apple for fucking that up royally for the national team. Yep. And, you know, we're the ones that benefit. That his, uh, his, his running at people today, like his physicality, relative to Fortunis, who a lot of people, you know, criticize for him, Criticizing him being soft, getting yep. pushed off the ball against stronger or more physical opponents. Didn't see that today. No. Oh, he's not a captain. He doesn't, he's he's not vocal. He doesn't, you know, get into his teammates. Not what I saw today. He had no problem screaming at the ref, getting in people's faces. 
So I love it. I love it. So you know what? Maybe that should be our new thing. Thank you, Poyet. Oh, yeah, this thanks. is a, this is a great question. This is a good I one. Like yeah. This. You can read it out, Costa, since you pulled it up. Yeah, so Adis Galamadi says, folks, can we get back to basics? What are we expecting from the three behind the striker? Attacking midfielder and two inside forwards. Obviously, no wingers or even two second strikers. And the yes. third aid mid. Okay, uh, who wants to take that first? Well, I will tell you what we have seen so far and the patterns that we have seen. Now... We don't really, as you guys know, even under Diego Martinez with the business that's been done, we don't exactly have a lot of, of out-and-out wingers, right? The, the goal of what this team is, we'll say the tactical approach of this team is very clearly to utilize overlapping wingbacks to give you your width, and both of your wingers are making inside runs. I don't necessarily know if that's how Diego Martinez wanted to approach things, but as I told you guys... In the, the tactical analysis we did of Diego Martinez, and Costa said it, the exact quote, you know, give me, was it give me oranges and I'll make orangeade? Is that what he, that's what he said in that opener? That give give opener. me lemons and I'll make lemonade. Yeah, exactly. Orangeade, I love it. <laughs> I, thought, I, that's, I thought it was that one. Anyway, whatever. You, that's the, but that's the type of coach he is. I don't know if necessarily this is how he wanted to play, but he saw the talent that we had at our disposal. We brought the players we brought in. And I think it was easier to get an overlapping wingback or a set of overlapping wingbacks to provide our width and play that way and then use the wingers that we have as inside forwards because we have so many 10s on this team uh, and not really a lot of natural wingers. That's not necessarily a weird thing. A lot of modern football is moving this direction. So we'll see how this pans out when Ortega gets transition. But I will tell you guys this. I don't know if you guys paid attention to some of the graphics that we put out. But already, now again, it was against maybe not as great competition when compared to all of last season. But early on, we did see improvements already in our left-sided threat generation, both in terms of the number of attacks per match and in terms of the overall uh, threat level or XG. XG per shot is increasing in open play. That's already a clear thing. I'm curious to see what it's going to be against Ike when the stats populate. I'll, I'll go into all of that with you guys, and I'll put the data out there when, of course, it goes live. But our general approach tactically is to get the width from our fullbacks. Rodine does it and has been doing it for us all season. The left side, the idea will be that Ortega will be the right, the left-sided Rodine. And the, the nature of those two guys creating that width will give more space to guys like Masuras and BL when they are making those inside runs. Because you are seeing our wingers are sitting inside. They switch. We switch them constantly. They're not stagnant. And th there's a lot of movement and a lot of changes in that middle, but so much of what we do goes up the middle. The majority of our movement goes up the middle our largest our most threatening generation goes up the middle that's right now the tactical approach whether that's how he wanted to do it or what he's decided that's just what needs to be done and the game plan uh moving forward from that and that's that's important to think about because that then explains the pieces we brought in the midfield ibora esse 
having having a a guy that's going to sit in front of the defense and cover for the fullbacks when they are making these overlapping runs. Are you guys noticing Hesse's position when when our fullbacks are making their overlapping runs? Are you noticing where he is? He never gets super far forward. He's always covering the spaces left behind. That is what his job is, and that's also what Ibora's job has been uh, since joining this team. So. <laughs> getting shit for that comment earlier Ari. <laughs> people <laughs> it was pretty good <laughs> give me oranges i'll make orangina <laughs> what uh what, what do you guys make of that question what is your answer to that question regarding the tactics and how you believe the philosophy is more moving forward well, he is playing. The thing is, though, he is playing with wingers in the sense that he did bring on Podense and Masuras. And I think that this might be the first time this season that Diego Martinez plays with more than one winger in the team. Is it just me? Hmm? What do you mean? Is it Dep- depends is it if the- you define Masuras as winger. I, that's well, he that's is a-, a winger. He is a winger, though. Not and so is Podense, pretty much. Not he's really. Not he's not a striker, Masuras. Masuras is a, f- as a striker, almost as a striker next to El Kabi, but he is a winger. He, he, Masuras is a forward that plays wide. Like he doesn't have the characteristics even of a modern winger today. Like he, like here, here's yeah, he doesn't he, have them. It, that so, and that and that's like the thing. That's why I don't classify him as a winger. Like shadow striker. Second striker. Second striker. I think I think you had that's what you had classified him really as last season. Um and, and that and that I think is a better definition of what he is because look look at uh it look at our build-up characteristics, right? Have you ever seen um uh, I've done some of those build-up charts uh that you guys have seen or average position when we have the ball, and Masuras is never one of those pieces. That's like involved in, in even in getting the ball forward. He is an outlet. Like if we are if we are defining the pieces on our board as um, let's we'll say the contributors versus the the receivers. He's very much a receiver, right? He's not involved in the buildup and the distribution, getting the ball and moving it out. He is the guy that's creating the outlet for the distributors to get the ball to him. The guys that are actually moving and progressing the ball forward, the Maris, the Fortunises, those are, they're the ones that are 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 the, the they release the ball, they they distribute the ball forward. You need guys like Masuras that can make these runs because they're the ones creating the outlets and the inroads for that. So it's um that's the scenario with him, but Masuras that, that's why I don't think he's a winger because Masuras can't take players on one on one. Masuras is, um, he's just, his value is that, running behind the defenders and scoring goals. When he's not doing that, he offers you no value. That's just the truth of it. I don't mean that to be mean to him, but he's like, look, look, compare Masuras to that kid Ike had playing out on the left. Zine, Zini, what was his name? Zini. Zini. Like, like Zini was out there. Zini can dribble. He can dribble. He can kind of do something on... Can Masuras do any of that? Not really. No. Mm-mm. Just make runs. But that's a that's a winger for me. Zini's a winger. That's a talented kid that is gonna, I think, do some fun thing. He was fun to watch as even as a fan of the opposing team. He was still fun for me to watch. Masuras is not fun to watch. 
Not that that means really anything, but like that—that's yeah, the he, point he, I'm getting. He's still, he's still the he's still Olympiakos' top scorer this season, isn't he? Or did El Kabi uh, the, the draw with him today? Four goals for El Kabi right now. How much yeah. is Masura on? He's definitely on four. Yeah, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's product. Though. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't seen much from Zini, but it's one thing to dribble or to, to be able to dribble past twenty people inside a phone booth, and it's completely different when. You create goals or you score goals. So, I mean, as I said, I haven't really seen much of Zini. I'm not sure he's even a starter for Ike. And Matias Almeida, well, yeah, he's not Pep Guardiola or uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, but he knows his stuff. So, yeah, why doesn't he start? You you mean why doesn't Zini start? Yeah, I what think... is it? Yeah, no, that's Maybe... what I mean though. It's all about it's yeah. all about end product though. At the end of the day, like. Like, for example, Kazim Richards, I mean, he was quite entertaining on the ball when he was at Olympiacos. I remember his runs and his dribbling, but he just wasn't good enough. Don't talk about Kazim Richards. <laughs> I believe I completely... The Coca-Cola Kazim. Oh, my God. He actually but... came up on a show. Wow. Jesus. On a show? Which show? No, what this one. He came up on one. the show tonight. So Let's try and get him for an interview. That's a, that's a good idea. That, ah, what a that's what you mean. Past. Oh, I thought you meant you you invited him for an interview in the past. The way you said it. Sorry, guys. It's it's been a very long few days. No, uh, no, no. Big wedding. Big wedding. No, but the uh, the but the thing with Masuras is like that's there's a reason coaches keep picking him, right? He he does Masuras always on this team season after season. He has some of the highest volume of 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 ball touches when he's in the penalty area. Uh, balls received when in the penalty area. Like and there's a reason for that. He gets open. He's an outlet. Coaches are playing him one way or another because in training they are seeing that that you know this is a guy that's consistently be an outlet for people to receive the ball to. <laughs> that's it. You're getting you're getting I see mugged, that, man. Johnny. You're getting mugged, dude. You're getting mugged. I I agree with his Manos comment though. I, w- I, I would have liked to see that at least. That, that's, that's one of the disappointments of the summer transfer window for me. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. he that he had to pay the price for bringing in Podence. Podence yeah, that's that's the unfortunate part. So Mano says, I think a super sub like Brunic would be good today or something like Radzelovic of the past, he would make an impact. So the only one apart from Podence is Brunic or maybe Solbakin. Uh, yeah, man, I think he caught the... Um, like the short end of the stick, honestly, because the the games that we'd seen him come on for little cameos, albeit against like minor opponents, relatively, we know that the guy can. He's not afraid to run with the ball or like get into space, attack defenders. Did, didn't certainly didn't see that from Scarpa today. Yeah, or be or Biel. But but okay, like he's a young kid. He signed a four-year deal, I think. So, you know, we've got to be careful with him. But on that question, like more broadly about the three behind the the forward, I think that there are two ways of looking at it. There's one way where like you're a fan and you look at the players and you think, so Bakken, Podense and Fortunis are the best three. Like let's play with them and Fortunis at the 10 and so Bakken on the right and Podense on the left and inside forwards and then your wing backs. And that's the fans way of looking at it. Majority maybe. And then the other way of looking at it is the coach's way of looking at it. So what we've seen from the coach is basically this tendency to play three players that rotate their positions 
throughout the game. Every single game. Every single game that we've played this season. You're you're watching, whether you're watching from the stadium and you're looking at the formation and you're looking at what's going on on the pitch, or whether you're watching from TV, you're thinking, hang on, he's playing on the right now. Now the other, you know, they're switching all the time. But one thing he certainly, we certainly do understand from um, from Martinez is that he sees Masuras in that role further up top as a second striker, getting into the box, getting touches in the penalty area where he's dangerous. That's where Masuras is dangerous on the on the far post. Uh, you know, just arriving late for a um, one-touch finish, something like that. We know he's good at that. Right. And then, you know, you think Biel, if it's not Masuras, it will be Biel. Or could it be, could it be Solbakin? I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's such a riddle. Yeah. That, that thing behind the, behind the striker. Yeah. The, I've got a question. Do you see this coach playing with a defensive midfielder, like with three in midfield, like ever, like to start a game? Because we haven't yet, have we? Not for us. He hasn't done it for us. He used to do it in Spain. He had no problem in Spain doing it. In that situation, the reason I bring that up, because in that situation, you really do have to have some wingers on the pitch. Exactly. Because otherwise you're like this. No, you're 100% right. you You need to stretch the field. Yep. If you play packed in midfield and you play with wingers that, you know, playing inside all the time it's going to be that's going to be frustrating that's what we saw today in the second half when Ibora came on there's nobody waiting on the byline to try and sh- stretch the stretch the defense create spaces for El Kabi or the more central players to get in behind it just didn't happen that's that's something to think about in a more difficult game away from home in Europe we're, surely we're going to see Ibora yeah it, well, of course, in a game in a game like today, absolutely, that didn't surprise me at all. There's so many question marks, right? There's so many question marks. It's like, is he going to play Hesse as a six and play Alexandropoulos and Madi? Yeah, in in a, in a three man midfield. We uh, hang on. Did we see a bit of that against Genk? There was at least the Ibora Madi uh, Ibora Madi Alexandropoulos away yeah. against Genk. Yeah. But then, like, Alexandropoulos was pressing as a left winger at some point. I remember. Enjoy the versatility. Enjoy it, guys. Well, and that's something that Martinez, we talked about from the the get-go. He loves having versatile players because he's going to approach different games differently. So don't be surprised sometimes if maybe the patterns are uh, a little little bit more difficult. Uh, Guys, and we're an hour in here. So a uh, couple hundred of you have already passed through. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon as well. We do have a new patron as we are recording. So quick shout out to uh, Alexander Makriyanis, our newest patron. Thank you so much. And thank you for all of our patrons for all of their support and all of you as well that are tuning in to check in with us now. Kostake, give us your remarks on the tactics, the question that was brought up by Aris Galamatis, uh, and then we can move on to man of the match. But, Which question? Uh, yeah, it, we've been kind of going on a little bit of a tangent, but the the original question that Aris Galamatis had asked 
was here give me uh on tactics uh i'm worried that we have too many players filling the inside forward role or fitting advanced playmakers to that role on the wing what is the role of our three the front three he had asked behind the striker it's like I said, I mean, I said it a couple of weeks ago when we were on the show together. How do you, it's great that you brought players like Bodense, like, uh, like my, like Solbaken, uh, like Gustavo Scarpa, like uh, Jovetic, like El a lot of depth, a lot of, um, a lot of versatility, but how do you fit them all in that attack alongside Masuras and, uh, and the uh, Pepiel? I also think Olympiacos need to start, uh, opening up on the pitch wide because like you said it's it's too central uh, it's too centralized and i feel like the best managers especially in europe the, and when i mean best manager i don't mean the most famous ones i mean the best managers the, be, the best quality will will manage to figure that out quite easily and uh and drown olympiacos uh in europe because all they're going to say is those guys don't never open up in the wings so all you got to do is just choke them in the middle and you should be okay so I want to see more of that. I hope uh, I hope some of this will be fixed after um, after Solbakken is uh, introduced into the team. Maybe if we see more of uh, the other fullbacks who... Kostas Katsurani said that on Betarades that uh, Olympiacos right now concentrate on the wing, on the fullbacks for action in the wings to, to, to cover the uh, everything they need in the wings. And I'm not much into that because... That would make much more sense in a three-five-two or four or three-four-three formation, where you actually have those fullbacks doing this job, like the Reese James kind of uh, kind of people. So I, I would like to see Olympiacos opening up in the wings, especially when Solbakken uh, uh, get get some minutes with the team. Absolutely, and I I see exactly what you're saying there. Um, I don't think we have anybody that's going to the game. Um, in on Thursday, uh, Alex Adros uh, is going well, to be there. Well, I was planning on talking to you guys about it, so we're going to talk about it. Oh, fantastic! Well, Alex Adros, we'll let you know if we're going to have a presence there. We'll we'll let you know, buddy. Cats um, out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lineup prediction uh, from or a question about lineup prediction Ooh. from Nolan Lindner Fox. This will probably be the last one we get to before we do Man of the Match Coaches. Great. Yes, please. But do you guys think we will line up the same way versus Freiburg? I don't think we're going to see a lot of changes. I don't think we're going to line up the same way, but I don't think we're going to see too many changes over there. I think he really likes Kini, so we're going to see Kini again, Rodine oh. on the other side, Pascalakis uh, uh, in the, in between the sticks, Retzos and Freire at centre-back. We're yeah. going to see Eze with Madi definitely in midfield. Fortuny should be there as well. Masuras definitely. El Kabi, I think, will will spearhead the attack. I mean, it makes more sense. I, I'm not too sure if we're going to see Podence starting. I think that's the only um, that's my only question mark about it. I don't know how he's going to uh, uh, address this uh, approach this game, but I feel like Podence. Uh, Jumping the gun a bit, but I feel like Potenza was our best player in this. But I'm not too sure how how ready he is for to play another big match after Ajax. I, I don't know. I feel like that's my only question mark heading to uh, Freiburg to the game against Freiburg. I mean, I I think I I agree with you there. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Potenza start um, just as a matter of like managing his his match fitness. Costa C. Mm. Uh, I think 
I won't be surprised to see Ortega start on Thursday oh. in a home game. I think he might he might risk it. Um, the, the the thing is, hang on, because they have a Japanese player out on the wing. I think Doan. I think his name Doan. is he's really Doan good. Doan, yeah. He's really good. He he's very he's very fast. He likes to cut inside. I think he's been playing a bit more centrally for for Freiburg, judging from some uh, formation outlines that I've seen. Uh, so that's a that's a tough one. It's like, do you put do you match him up with someone who's equally like you know who's fast? He's got some physicality. Do you risk starting Kinney knowing that Duan likes to cut inside onto his left foot and Kinney's right footed? I'm not sure, but I think that. In all the games Olibiagos has played, at home in particular, we've always come out on the front foot. So I think I think he will, in, in, in that regard, playing with Ortega makes us more attacking, gives us more going forward. So that's one that's one question mark for me. Again, as it was today, like question mark, who's going to start left back? And Doi. I wonder. I wonder if Doi starts next to Retsos. It's a very creator, though, doesn't he? He does. He does. He does rate yeah. him. He does rate him. And in all the big games, he started that partnership. Got to have that left well, foot, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boys, we're hour and 10 minutes in here. So let's get to that that part of the, the show where we do our man of the match and our coach's grade. So who wants to go first? I'll and go first chat. because I already, I already, uh, I already uh, spoiled it. So it was for me, it's Daniel Podense because he provided the assist and also he changed the route of that match when he moved to the wing to support Kini, and also he gave Ajax uh, defenders a lot of problems. Uh, and uh, I think I feel like Ajax defenders' uh, confidence rose after he came off the pitch because of all the grief he was giving them. And considering this was his first match back with Olympiacos, that was his debut. So I'm giving it to Daniel Podences personally. And uh, Martinez gets a, B, a B plus from me. I mean, we talked about all of it. We said everything about the subs. We said everything about the way he approached the game. I'm giving him a B plus because he didn't lose the match. Uh, he definitely cannot be in the A category for this match. I, it would have been awesome if Olympiacos had won that because I would have given the team a huge boost heading to, against Freiburg. But he didn't lose, so I'm giving him a B plus. Of course, I see. Uh, starting with the coach, um, I was right after the game. I was thinking B minus. I'm going to end up going with a B because I think sometimes coaches need to be cynical and lock the games up. So you know, I was a little bit frustrated with with the subs in that you know essentially they didn't give give us much attacking, and I I wanted us to go out and win the game in the second half uh, but uh, okay it's it's early on I'll give him a break like we've we've got a we've got a point we're undefeated under him still yeah he, he hasn't lost the game so be for him and my man of the match is uh well done Hussein I saw you commented earlier Pascal Agis is my man of the match big saves we didn't mention Pascal Agis is my man of the match yeah um, but I want to. I want to give him some serious like respect. I, I think you you guys 
whoever watches the show has been watching the show long enough knows that I was the only one that was positive about this transfer. I'm going to, I'm going to keep rubbing that into you guys. <laughs> I'm going to keep rubbing that salt into the wound. Mad respect to Pascal Aguis. I think that he's one of the best signings we've made in the last five years or more. Value for money, free. Oh, yeah. And all the shit that we were reading about him. No, some people were saying, no, we don't want to sign him because he played for Balg. It's like, Ed, that's not serious. It's like, yeah. it's like, pull your finger out your ass, mate. Like, it's a good, good keeper um at a good age for a goalkeeper as well and honestly like that save on the 18th minute from that header yeah unbelievable save fantastic save uh that that save he makes against zuber as well the ball's bouncing in front of him that's a difficult save so um as much as i agree with costa like i you know when podense got on the ball i i agree with what you said uh when you said you know when he came off it was you know, it probably the, the the Ike defenders at least were very happy to see the back of him like, when he went off. Because I, I thought, you know, I'll say something and I don't mean to go on too long, uh, Ari, but we all remember frustrations we had with Bodensa during his first spell Yes, at the club. There were like moments in the game where for 20, 30 minutes, you think, is he on the pitch? And I'm not saying I'm not saying that about today's game because he's he's not match fit. He's it's his first game. It's his first game of the season, essentially. So I expected a bit of that. But I think we should have that wary in our minds too about those frustrations that we had with him during his his last spell. We all know what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, um Fortunis too, I see that the um if you look at the vote, if you haven't voted yet, guys, there is a man of the match vote going on. Fortunis has 62%, El Carbi has 15%, um, Pedente has 10%, and other has 12%. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we all love Fortu, but mad shout out to my guy, Pascal Lagis. And that's and that's definitely a fair shout, uh, especially regarding you know his value. I know my concern was I thought we were gonna get more of his. Greek league performances with Balk and not the uh, the conference league performances he gave for them in their quarterfinal round. That was my concern. But we're seeing it the opposite. We're seeing more of that, what he was doing towards the conference league, like that caliber. And he's extremely confident too, which I love. I mean, so very happy about that. He is not my man of the match though, and neither is Podense. I am with Chad on this one. I'm giving it to uh, Cosas Fortunis. I think he's already like my, probably my most most rated MVP of like all the shows so far. Um, it's uh, I'll have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure I've given him the MVP most of uh, or man of the match, most of the matches so far to start the season. And it's not, it's not necessarily unwarranted. Like when I think about man of the match for me, it's which player put us in the position to win the most. And sure. Does Gosta have an assist? No, he does not. Does he have any end product on the stat sheet? He does not. But for me, if you look at all of the most threatening opportunities that we had, who was behind them? Who was behind those? The crosses, the key balls in, or generating the movement to to actually create the entire open play attack. There was a stat before this game today in, in Greece, in the games that we played in Greece so far, which player 
is behind the majority of our open play attacks with XG threat. Which player is behind the attacks that generate XG? Take a guess. Well, you don't have to. It's rhetorical. It's Cosas Fortunis. So he's such so important to our offensive attack this season. And it's an amazing statistic. And he's a great player. And today it was that again. In a game where we looked so poor for so long in the beginning. And then we finally start getting things together. And it's, I don't want to say it's on the back of, of some of the things that he was doing. But so much of what he did led to other things. And when he left the pitch, when Podence left the pitch, we, we could barely keep that momentum or that possession moving. So he gets my man of the match today, despite having no end product. And as a coach is great today, I'm, I, I, I like you, Costa C. I disagreed with the the lockdown. I, I, I wanted to go for the win personally. He did what he did. He didn't lose a game, or he didn't lose the game, like Costa K said. Um, I, I'm gonna go with B minus, which I still think is a pretty good grade overall, um, considering the ebbs and flows of the match. And that's that's where I stand with that. Uh, Costa, man of the match, and a B minus for the coach is great. And uh, guys, I think we pretty much touched on everything. Did anybody have anybody yeah. anything else before we go ahead and close up? Hit the like We're button. Good. Not enough Hit of you like hit button. it. There's there's like fifty of you and only twelve likes. That is nonsense. Well, fifty and fifty now, but uh, I'm pretty sure over a couple hundred people have tuned in. Um, yes, they, but they today. have, they have, and we need more likes. Come on, you guys. So the more likes channel. we get, guys, the more we can get the channel known and get discovered. So yeah, doesn't cost you anything. Let's go, guys. Smash it. Let's go, guys. Smash so, that thing. Boys, while we're boys and girls, because we do have more female listeners these days, guys, don't get too excited. If you are uh, looking out ahead, we got some fun stuff coming up. We have some more interviews, Patreon interviews coming out. Um, we're looking to bring for some of the pre-match shows, some fun guests. So check that out. we got a lot of fun stuff coming on. Uh, I'm also giving you guys time to hit that like button before we go ahead and log off. Do that. This is Gate 7 International by the fans. For the fans, we're here to bring you guys the best content outside of Greece. Stats are coming. Don't forget the enhanced post-match analysis will be available to expanded content patrons. That will be available and we are going to be looking ahead towards this match against Freiburg. It's going to be interesting. I am excited for it. I want payback. I want payback. Ooh. Screw these guys. Zajibans. <laughs> Beat their asses. I'm done. On. I want to let's do it. So anyway, I'm excited do for it. it. Do it. I hope the team wins for me. Beat these Germans, and we will. See you guys. Maybe we'll see you guys for post-match after that game on Thursday. Who knows? Pre-match, post-match. We'll let you know on social media what's going on. This is Gate 7 International. And we will see you boys next time.